0: Pregnant women are particularly sensitive to malaria. Despite this known fact, there is a shortage of effective treatment for malaria in pregnancy. Options are often inappropriate, dosage is inefficient, or the medicine prescribed cannot be found in pharmacy. Health professionals need new options to treat malaria in their pregnant patients. This is the subject of today's podcast with Maud Majeres-Lugan and Miriam El-Galoul the two co-leads of MMV's malaria in pregnancy program. Hello, mods. How can we prevent pregnant women from getting malaria in the first place?
1: To prevent pregnant women from getting malaria, the World Health Organization recommends the intermittent preventive treatment for malaria in pregnancy, um, and it consists of the administration of sulfadoxine pyrimethamine at each antenatal care visit, and um, they start at week 13 of pregnancy. So ideally, pregnant women should receive um, at least three doses for an optimal protection. SP is an effective preventive option for about 30 million pregnant women in sub-Saharan Africa who are at risk each year, and it offers the best um, pregnancy outcomes. It can help decreasing maternal and neonatal death, as well as reducing significantly low birth weight, which we know is critical for the development of the infant in his first 12 months of life.
0: How accessible is IPTP to pregnant women at risk of malaria? In
1: 2018, we have about 36 countries in sub-Saharan Africa which has adopted IPTP in their national policy. And if we look at the World Health Report from 2019, it shows that the coverage of the three dose is only about 31%, which means that about 11 million pregnant women do not have access um, to SP. And so there are several reasons for this. Um, First, um, the issue with the distance, because when a pregnant woman has to walk for several hours, it can really discourage them to reach uh, the antenatal care clinics. There is also issues that are more uh, economic because even though SP is distributed for free, sometimes they have to pay for their consultation or they even have to pay for transportation to go there. There are also aspects which are more cultural. Um, I mean, the notion of prevention is not always well understood which means that when a pregnant woman, if she's not sick, she won't necessarily be seeking care. And if she does seek care, she may not seek care at the biomedical level. She might go to the community. She might seek care with the traditional uh, healers in the village. And um, there is also another issue is if they reach the clinic, there are sometimes um, commodities are not in stocks. And the uh, final issue is with the health providers, because SP used to be recommended for the treatment of uncomplicated um, malaria until it shows some uh, resistance. And so in the, the mind of health providers, they're still sometimes perceived as SP as a loose uh, drug. And uh, for that particular reason, they're not necessarily uh, trusting the intervention, meaning that they're not going to uh, recommended for their patients.
0: So what would be the solution to increase
1: uptake of IPTP? So in order to bring care at the community level, there are several pilots going on at the moment, including one which is called Transforming Intermittent Preventive Treatment for Malarian Pregnancy. And the objective of this pilot is to explore if by adding community health workers, this can increase IPTP uptake and also increase antenatal care attendance. The idea is really to generate additional connection with the pregnant woman by building the dialogue, which is sometimes lacking when they go and they visit antenatal care clinics. Sometimes the health provider they don't have time to really explain well the intervention. This is someone that they know, uh, working at the community that will establish this level of trust. So they will also um, have, this will increase the, let's say the level of acceptance uh, with the intervention. By having the the medicine available in the village, this will uh, prevent the pregnant woman to travel long distance, which is particularly critical when they are eight months pregnant, which could be actually dangerous for, for their pregnancy.
0: Miriam, you're one of the R&D experts in MMV's Malaria in Pregnancy Working Group. Why do pregnant women with malaria need
2: new treatment options? There are very limited options to treat and prevent uh, malaria in pregnant women, and, um, and especially in the first trimester of pregnancy. Quinine and clindamycin are the recommended um, compounds to be administered to treat and prevent uh, malaria in the first trimester of pregnancy. This treatment comes with many hurdles. First, it's a seven days treatment which is not very easy to follow and uh, women are not very compliant with this seven days course of treatment. These drugs are not always available and quite expensive and quinine is not very well tolerated. So this is why most of women have the tendency to prefer to take ACTs even if they are contraindicated in the first trimester. Another problem is um, that uh, pregnant women are uh, excluded from research and development. So basically, when you um, collect new data to register a new drug against malaria, you collect data in general population, in adults, in in young children, uh, in adolescents, but to protect uh, the mother and the fetus, you would exclude them from your clinical trials. Um, The problem with that is that you don't collect data that are relevant uh, for uh, pregnant women. So you have no idea of the pharmacokinetics of your new compounds in the in pregnant women. Pharmacokinetics is how the drugs are um, absorbed, distributed and metabolized and eliminated in, in the organism. So basically, it's how your organism is exposed to the drug. And because of the major physiological changes uh, that are linked to the pregnancy, um, like increase in weight, in volume, in in many things, your exposure to a drug might be significantly impacted because of the pregnancy and and might be very different uh, as compared with a non-pregnant adult. The problem with that is when, when you uh, have um, new antimalarials that are registered uh, on the market and that are available, you have no idea of what would be the right dose uh, to administer to, to pregnant women. And, um, and that because of the lack of data available.
0: How could we improve the choice of antimalarials available to pregnant women?
2: To improve the number of options for pregnant women, the first option could be to collect more data and, and try to close the data gap uh, with available antimalarials. The problem with, with that is that you really need to wait that clinicians in the field make uh, enough label use of the drugs in pregnant women to start collecting data, understand your safety-tolerability profile in pregnant women. One uh, hurdle with that is that you would leave, you know, the responsibility to the clinician in the health facility because when the drug is registered in the label, most of the time there is this sort of uh, language which says um, to be used only if the benefit outweighs the risk. But what does that mean and how can you make a good uh, judgment call based on nothing, no, no scientific, no robust data are here to support uh, the clinician to make that decision and the, the, mo- the, the future to be mother uh, to, to accept to take a treatment without any uh, data.
1: We have actually one project which is aiming at collecting those type of data. It's called the um, pregnancy registry and this is a project that we are doing in collaboration with the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine this project is going to be conducted in kenya in two sites and uh, data will be collected um, on women exposure to ACTs. so basically the
2: the objective of this pregnancy registry is to collect data that could support a change in who treatment guidelines in the first trimester and then authorize the use of act's in the first trimester of pregnancy. Why? Because ACTs are well known, they are cheap, they are easily uh, available, they are three days treatment, so in terms of compliance, it's easier to, to, to take. And um, it would be a, a preferable option for pregnant women uh, in the first trimester. One other approach to, uh, to pursue, to increase the options for pregnant women would be to advance also compounds that have shown to be safe in preclinical studies, meaning when you test your new drug in animals, you will uh, test their teratogenic potential, meaning are they going to be um, safe or not to the fetus.
0: What is MMV's vision for the future of these anti malarials for pregnant women?
2: MMV has launched a a new initiative in uh, 2019, the so-called Malaria in Mother and Babies, so MIMBA, uh, meaning pregnancy in the Swahili language. This initiative has been uh, initiated to to address the needs of pregnant women and and their newborn babies affected by malaria. Today new antimalarials are made available to pregnant women 5 or 10 years after the drug has been registered. And when these drugs are administered to pregnant women, we don't even know if it is at the right dose. So basically, in the future, what we would like to do is to accelerate these clinical studies to be conducted in pregnant population so that pregnant women have access earlier to new treatment options, but also that when they have access to these new treatment option, done in the right way in the sense that the right dose is administered to them because most of the time the dose that is indicated to pregnant women is the same as for uh, any other adult and that doesn't take into consideration all the
1: physiological changes that are
2: linked to the pregnancy
1: to achieve this objective this is not something that mmv can do on on its own and um, we'll have to work in collaboration with and the entire Malaya community. So pregnant women are no longer excluded from research, but they are protected through research.